Market. The S&P, the ISX stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. G'day Fools, I'm Scott Phillips, the Motley Fools Chief Investment Officer here in Australia, and I'm bringing you the very latest edition of our brand new series, podcast and YouTube series, by the way, Motley Fool Stock of the Week. As I've said, every week it does what it says on the tin. This is the Motley Fool, and this is the Stock of the Week. One stock, once a week, from the buy recommendations on our scorecard. Now, let me set the scene for you again, as I do most weeks. Firstly, remember that we are long-term investors. We're not making a prediction for the week or the month or even the year. We are looking for long-term outperformance. Secondly, this is a buy recommendation at the time we are making the recording. Now, this is going to go out onto YouTube and the podcast on the 9th of June, 2021. We reserve the right to change our recommendations whenever we think is appropriate for our members. Now, we try to bring you ideas that aren't going to be changing that quickly or are that likely to change, but they may. So remember that. And thirdly, as always, as we have to say, and we do say because it's the right thing to say, this is personal advice only. This is not, uh, sorry, this is general advice only, I should say. This is not personal advice. Uh, make sure you know that it's not necessarily for you and consider whether or not it suits your circumstances and how it might suit your portfolio. So that's important. We get those three things out of the way so you know what to expect from Stock of the Week. And with that, I will introduce Motley Fool analyst, Chris Copley. Now, Chris is one of our young guns at the Motley Fool. His expertise and experience and ability belie his years. Uh, we are very, very fortunate to have him on the team. I'm very pleased to have him for the first time on Motley Fool Stock of the Week. G'day, Chris. G'day, Scott. Great to great to chat to you again. Fantastic, mate. Good. Thank you for joining us. Now, uh, you're going to bring us a company called Frontier Digital. The code is FDV. It's not a household name. What does Frontier Digital do? Yeah, so, well... Yeah, as you know, Scott, I like to look for companies more on the growthier side. So Frontier Digital, before we get into it, um, it, it is a, a higher risk opportunity, um, but the, but it does have the potential for, for really strong returns as well. So, um, so yeah, Frontier Digital, Digital trades under the ticket code FDV is is to some extent an, an investment company which which invests in and, and partners with with early stage online marketplace businesses in, in underdeveloped or, or emerging country uh, regions. So, so regions such as, as Latin America, um, parts of Asia, um, Middle East and, and Northern Africa. So I, th- I think the easiest way to, to, to describe Frontier is, is think your car sales and, and your realestate.com of, of emerging nations. Uh, so, so essentially Frontier takes a, a portfolio portfolio approach to its investment. So it, it holds currently 16 different classified businesses within its portfolio across 21 different markets. So so to just give you one example, one of its um, earliest investments that they made was in a business called Zameen, which is the, the leading property portal in Pakistan. So um, this investment has grown significantly over the years. In fact, when they first invested it uh, in, in it, the business was valued at around four million, and, and in, in a recent um, in a recent valuation, it was done at around four hundred million. So the, the company's grown quite significantly over the years, and it now has has over five point five million monthly users on its portal. So so it's an impressive business. So that's just one of one of the businesses within its portfolio of of classified companies. So. Um, now, now these classified businesses generate revenues in a few different ways. So the first is the first is from advertising. So as a lot of traffic can can flow through these websites, businesses are willing to to place and pay for for advertisements on the website to attract to attract views and and hopefully customers and, and uh, who who will pay from those views. So um, 
So, for example, on CarSale's website, you might see insurance companies or, or car companies advertise on their mm. website as, as it's a more targeted way for these, these businesses to reach an audience that is, is more likely to transact with them down the track. Um, the other key way that the business generates revenues is, is the sellers pay to, to list and, and promote their particular product on the website. So if, if I was a real estate agent in, in Pakistan, for example, and, and I, I wanted a house that I was selling to appear near the top of the website, I, I would pay Zameen for a sponsored listing on that website. Nice, makes sense. Mate, um, so look, that's the business, as you say, a bit of a, a clone of sorts, or maybe not a clone, maybe just an analogous to the car sales, the REAs, the real estate.coms of the world. Obviously, in the developing world, man, a $4 million investment, that's not much. That's kind of on one level chicken feed. On the other hand, as you say, a 100 bagger in terms of valuation, at least, uh, for some of those properties goes to show the opportunity. Why specifically are we liking Frontier Digital, mate? What's it, what is it about the business itself that's attracted your attention? Yeah, well, the, the, the key investment thesis is that Frontier is investing in regions that, that currently have have lower levels of internet connect, connectivity and digitization, but but are often seeing adoption grow at a rapid rate. So, yeah, as you said, you know the opportunity here here is massive, and 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 this is this is recognised by by many potential competitors um, in the space. But but one of one of the the key uh, advantages and differentiators for Frontier Digital is is its focus on investing in the leader in its market. So. Um, now, now this is this is often a strong advantage in in many industries, but but especially within online classifieds, and, and that is because well, uh, let, let's consider Carshouse an example as an example again. In in Australia, Carshouse has attracted a a massive massive uh, network of, of customers looking to purchase a car. So, if I was someone looking to sell my car, then then Carshouse websites are a very attractive place for me to start because. I know that I'll get access to to the highest possible pool of potential buyers, and this is similar on on the flip side. So, if I was someone looking looking to buy a secondhand car, and I knew that car sales would give me access to to the highest number of potential sellers, then then this would mean it's an attractive place for me to go, so I can get get more choice on which vehicle I want. So, for smaller classified businesses, it's it's extremely difficult for them to compete with with the market leaders as the number of buyers and sellers that, that already are on that website actually creates value for, for those who use it. So, so Frontier is focused on, on purchasing those leaders as, as they recognise the importance of this within, within the classified space. Um, another key advantage for the business is, is that the business does have a very reputable uh, management team with, with a strong track record behind them in building classified businesses, both, both in mature and also in developing regions. So, this means that they actually have uh, many of their potential acquisitions and investments actually seek out a strategic partnership with, with them. So this gives the business and the management team a, a lot of negotiation power and helps, and helps them to, I guess, acquire these market-leading classified businesses at more attractive prices. Um, this is a win for, for both parties as the companies themselves get access to a strong management team and, and, a, and essentially a partner that that have done it all before and can help the business scale faster and in a more efficient manner. And, and it's a win for Frontier as they are acquiring, hopefully, a quality business at, at a more attractive price. So um, there, there's also an opportunity for Frontier to build upon and accelerate its growth rate currently by becoming the facilitator involved in the whole cycle of the transaction. So 
what I mean by that is, is the traditional classified business model um, is businesses make revenue from ads, whether it's from the companies paying for the advertising space or the sellers listing their products on, on the website and paying a fee for that listing. But, but we're seeing um, many classified businesses um, now, especially in the emerging markets area, um, look to become, I guess, the trusted platform for the users. And then this, this will keep the, uh, the buyers and sellers on that website. And many of them may actually prefer to, to do as much of the transaction as possible on that one website. So this actually increases the optionality for the business and, and the potential revenue streams that they can actually generate down the track as it, as it can collect some of the commissions on the sale of the house or on the sale of the car as the business stays a part of more of the transaction process on its website. So, um, and, and then I guess the final key advantage of, of online classified business models is, is it is super scalable. So businesses such as CarSales and realestate.com are, are able to generate really strong profit margins at scale as, as there are limited incremental costs to add each new listing and, and host each new customer and, and website visitor. So that's another exciting aspect of the business model as it scales. Nice, man. I like it. Curious as to when you think about Frontier then, so that's about the businesses themselves almost. As you say, Frontier Digital, part kind of investment company, part operator. Uh, is this is this a case of you expecting they're going to make a lot of little bets and maybe a couple of them come up big? Are you expect them all to be moderately successful? If I think about Frontier Digital in three or five or 10 years' time, what, is the, what does success look like? Are there going to be a couple of big markets where they do fantastically well and they strike out in the rest? Is it kind of everyone doing reasonably well? Do you think they'll all do very well? How do you how do you think about that portfolio inside Frontier? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I guess the, the portfolio approach is, is a key approach that we look at for investing in general because not every investment that you make uh, is going to be a winner. There's there's always risks in, involved with, with each investment in each area, mm. um, risks that are more localised to each particular um, each particular region as well. So taking that portfolio approach um, it is quite important for that business. So uh, I would be surprised if each business is a big win, but but that is that is a, another differentiator with investing in a, in a business which which has I guess a lot of potential opportunities that they can generate growth from down the track. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Hey, when we do our write-ups for our members, we make our recommendations. We always, always include a risks section. It's important when you go into investment too. Obviously, there are ideas we think where the upside outweighs the risk, but those risks are still there. What are some of the risks you see when it comes to Frontier Digital? Yeah, the, the first risk is that as the business operates in, in less developed countries, it, it can be impacted on by, um, by an even more uncertain and, and volatile economic and, and political environment. So actually the business is seeing that right now. So there's a situation currently in Myanmar, um, where there was recently a, a military coup in the region. And, and this has actually impacted on two of the, two of the businesses, um, within its portfolio. And, and there are still question marks around, when or even if these businesses will return to operation. So, so that, that is a, a key, I guess, positive on making sure you have that, um, that portfolio approach as well. Um, there are also risks of um, unfavourable currency movements, which can actually impact on, on revenue and profitability. Um, there are also execution risks, given the, the earliest stage of the companies, it's more easy for these businesses to be disrupted. Um, 
The management team could also make poor acquisitions at, at unreasonable prices. Um, and we could, we could even see cashed up competitors enter the space and really push hard to take that market leading position off them in different markets. Um, just another couple of risks. There's also the possibility that, that the digital uptake in certain regions may be slow to progress and that could impact on growth. And also for some of Frontier's businesses, they actually don't have a majority ownership stake in these businesses. So if there are disagreements on strategy or, or future directions of the business, then this could impact on the performance of, of these particular investments themselves as well. So yet this, there are, there are a lot of risks when it comes to, to an investment in, in Frontier Digital, but, but I think the management team is positioning itself in, in a strong way to reduce as many of these risks as they possibly can. Yeah, very nicely put, mate. I quite like the idea. I think, you know, we've so often we take the ideas that have happened in the US and are being translated to Australia. Um, you know, the uh, retailers out there trying to do the Amazon thing, for example, or the, the Wayfair thing in furniture retail. Uh, we have the US experience of what it here. This is almost the next level, right? It's taking the Australian experience to other countries. Um, and Frontier is certainly trying to do that. And if, as you say, the, the economics are so good. Um, when it comes to some of these businesses, they really are very well worth trying. And as you say, well, hopefully with a portfolio approach, it maximizes the chance of finding a couple of winners, maybe, maybe more, um, but also realizing that the losers won't necessarily be as painful or as impactful as they might be if you're just investing, as you say, in the Myanmar um, classifieds business, for example. Mate, you've done a really good job summarizing both the pros and the cons. Wrap it up for us. Just give us a quick elevator pitch. Why do you reckon Frontier Digital is a buy right now? Yeah, so Frontier has grown its business at a rapid pace over the past several years. It, it's, got a, it's got a really strong and, and aligned management team that, that are using, as you said, proven business models that, that have worked well and scaled rapidly in, in more developed nations. And, and they're now applying those strategies to countries that, that are at a far earlier stage of, of internet and digital adoption. So yeah, there's certainly a long potential runway ahead for, for Frontier uh, Digital and and potential really strong returns if, if the company can continue to execute on this strategy moving forward. Beautiful. Nicely summarised. See, viewers, I told you, listeners, I told you he was good. Chris Copley, thank you for joining us. And thank you to you, dear listener and dear viewer, for joining us for the latest edition of Motley Fool Stock of the Week. We'll talk to you next week. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.